Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, June 30th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs have some downtime between the end of mandatory minicamp and the beginning of training camp, but that doesn't stop the conversation. Beat writer Sam McDowell and columnist Vahegorian are here to discuss the Chiefs, and we focus on the defensive end position. Frank Clark has been in the news recently because of legal issues, and we'll see where that goes. But defensive end is a position of attention for the Chiefs heading into next season. Also, during this downtime, we talk about life as an NFL favorite and what it's like to have the opposite of an inferiority complex. A superiority complex? That's the new feeling around here. Okay, let's get started with Vahe and Sam. So at the end of some podcasts, I say it's never not chief season. Well, here it is late June, and it's still never not chief season. Training camp starts in three and a half weeks, uh, approximately, uh, July 23rd. For for the players, media a little bit, uh, or, or you know the, the the practices for the entire team a little bit after that, but there's always something to talk about with the Chiefs, and we're going to do so today with beat writer Sam McDowell, columnist Vahe Gregorian. How you doing, guys? Doing well, Dandy Blair. Well, if you're Dandy, then we are ready to go. Ready to go. Um, first order of business. Chiefs played a little basketball game this week. This past weekend, I saw Chris Jones dunk a couple times. The only thing I can think of was he's going to come down on someone's ankle. Well, I was actually standing next to, um, I wish I could remember his name, but one of the guys that helps maintain the Boys and Girls Club, and he was scared to death of the rims whenever Chris Jones was pulling himself a pull-up. <laughs> he did do a couple pull-ups on the dunks. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised you know, not to see maybe some Chiefs front office personnel just to make sure nobody – this was not an NBA All-Star game. Like These guys were into it on defense. There were not – like Chris Jones dunked a couple times, but that was it. And those were fast break plays. It wasn't guys like waving people by and letting them get to the lane. Um, I mean, Tyron Matthew in, in specific was taking this as seriously. He was arguing calls like he would at an NFL game. <laughs> <laughs> he argued for a push-off at one point <laughs> on offense. Touch foul. <laughs> yeah. It looked at the ref like, how did you miss that? <laughs> so Hey, I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but let, let's hit the elephant in the room here. Why – so we all remember Patrick Mahomes playing a little pickup ball and, and the general manager saying, uh-uh. Yeah. But who's, who's sanctioning this event within the Chiefs? I know they're not all Patrick Mahomes. But first, first of all, it's a charity event. It's a charity event. For Tyree yeah. right. Tyre- 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 Hill's charity. charity first, right. first scholarship. But I mean, who's yeah. saying okay is what I mean. Who's yeah. saying, that, yeah, yeah this, we're good with this. I don't know if you just don't want to take away money from the kids. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Vahe. <laughs> there was a <laughs> there was a good uh, turnout. You know, I'm trying yeah. to think of to make sure I don't miss anybody, but uh, Chris Jones was there. Tyron Matthew, obviously, Tyreek played in the game. It was his event. Um, Anthony Hitchens was there. Uh, uh, Marcus Gar- Kemp was there. Yeah, Garrett Dieter was there. Um, I feel like I may be maybe missing somebody. Was it five on five four? Colin, yeah, Colin yeah. Saunders. Colin Saunders He's a really good athlete. He is. You know, and I told Colin Saunders before the game, I was like, you know, you're kind of my underdog pick in this game. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> um, they did. Uh, it, 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 I mean, you guys have seen him play in the uh, in the locker room in 2019 when we had yep. it open. He's not short on confidence. <laughs> so they had some sort of additional charity investment if they made a four-pointer, kind of like, you know, it was a spot at the hash mark, basically. And Colin was the only one to – 
to make that, but he he was driving the ball to the hoop and not finishing. So um, we could just analyze this like a basketball game for the next twenty minutes. Did you get were uh, Tyron and Tyreek on different teams? They were. So, uh, so some the, good one on one matchups there. Yeah, only at the yeah. end of the game. So Tyreek had a fantastic game. Um, you know, and he actually said before the game that he wanted to play basketball growing up, which I hadn't heard him say before. Um, and it was, he said it wasn't until like 11th grade where he decided he wasn't going to be a professional basketball player. He can dribble really well. His, his quickness stands out on the basketball court more than you would expect. Obviously, it's going to stand out on the football field, but it stands out there as well. And he was shooting. He had the type of shooting form where it surprised me how much he made, but he was making a ton. Um, it was, now, his team was up by a ton, and then Tyron Matthews' uh, group won by one point. Um, I'm sitting next to Matt Derrick for Chiefs Digest, and I told him if this goes into overtime, I'm a, I, I, I actually did tell Matt Derrick I was going to punch somebody in the face, and you're the only one sitting next to me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but Tyron is incredible defensively. Like he gets after it on the basketball court defensively. He has, has an okay shot, um, but at the end of the game, he he had not been guarding Tyree Kill the entire game. At the end of the game, I I pointed this out to Matt actually. He tapped the guy guarding Tyreek on the shoulder and said, "I got him." So it was like, all "I like right. that. I kind of like that." Like, "All right, like we're we're gonna we're gonna find a way to win this game." So, so defense is in his blood, I guess, no matter the sport. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and he actually somebody somebody tried a fast break pass and he, he intercepted it more like on an NFL field and he gave him a finger wag like, <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> this guy while dribbling. Yeah. While, uh, I could see Tyron Matthew being the type of guy in maybe little league that you were best friends with, but God, you hated him when you were uh, playing against him and something. <laughs> Absolutely, you're talking about Tyreek Hill as a basketball as an option. You know, I just got finished watching the uh, U.S. Olympic track and field trials and thinking, watching the 200 and the 100 and thinking, how cool would it have been to see him? Yeah, awesome, uh, yeah. In, in, Especially in the, after seeing Metcalf do it this year. Yep. Or, um, was it the step before, right? Right, the, the qualifying. Yeah. Um, seeing Tyreek do that, I think, would have been really cool. Um, I, I think we all wonder, like, where he would, would stack up against guys like that. And, and beyond that, you always have wondered the the inverse of it. How would those guys look in like an NFL mm-hmm. uniform or something? Sure. And seeing how seeing some of those guys outrun Tyreek Hill would let you know what they would look like in another arena. We, as far as I know, we've not seen a, a recorded two hundred time from Tyreek Hill since he came to the Chiefs, right? But I but I remember this number standing out that his twenty twelve high school two hundred would have finished sixth in the London Olympics. Wow. In 2012. Wasn't Marquise Goodwin the sprinter um, slash wide receiver Olympic? uh, uh, I want to say that he, yeah, he was in the 2012 Summer Olympics. And, of course, he's the uh, Bears wide receiver. So it's happened. I mean, mean, you and I remember a long time, Bob Bullet Bob Hayes. who the world's fastest human? Who got is inside out though, right? I, at least as I recall the sequence. Didn't the Cowboys draft him after he yeah, after, after that? Yeah. yeah, won the hundred in, the, in was Mexico it, City or no Tokyo. before that? I think it was Tokyo. Yeah, in '64. So um, it happened. Yeah, I've always been curious about Tyreek Hill in, in that. Uh, what are how strong his desire is is when he sees yeah. events like this? And, yeah, you know, yeah. 
I could do that, or I, I would win that. You think we'll see some tweeting from him during the 200 and, and maybe even 100 Olympics in the Olympics? Maybe. I don't maybe. know. We saw that from DK. Whenever DK Madcap was, was running into the Tyree Kill was, was commented he? on. Yeah. And yeah. It, I will say, like, he's at the age to where, like, I felt like if he was going to do it, this would have been yeah. the way to, yeah. to do it. So the Olymp- what is his age all of a sudden, Tyreek? Like 27, well, 28? Five years out of college, right? Yes, yes. Um, as I scramble to look it up quickly. Yeah, sorry. I'm no, no, that's, it's good. It's, it's, we, we, need, we should know this. Um, he's 27. Turned 27. 27 in March. Yeah. Beyond Olympic sprinting years, I, I would think. I've, I guess we've seen some guys on into their early 30s. And what's kind of interesting about this, right, since we're doing this in 2021 and theoretically – There'll be another one in three years. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I can't anticipate Terry Kill getting faster than what he is right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, yeah. This There's may that. have been the year to, yeah. Yeah. to do it. It felt like he was going to do it. This would, yeah. this would have been it. Yeah. He had the popularity that he didn't have maybe after his, his I guess it would have been five years ago, right? Because right. of the delay. So um, this, this would have been the year he could have capitalized on some sponsorships and things like that. And also, I mean, he's, he's still in his prime. He doesn't lose. I've never seen him lose any challenge match, right? With teammates right, or yeah, anybody, yeah, yeah. Cole Hardman, it doesn't matter who. Yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't lose those. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> um, I know I've talked about this before, but I feel the need to say this now. Like I once asked him something about his speed and he felt the need to say, look at me in the press conference and say, I'm pretty sure you were pretty fast back in the day. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I don't think you think that at all. <laughs> That's great. We'll have to find maybe it. He looked, maybe he did look up your pen. Uh, <laughs> your pen film. <laughs> A little scarcity of tape. <laughs> well, if he, if he was in this year's Olympics, um, those are going to occur during training camp, right? Late July and... We now know the, the dates of training camp. I don't think the la- I don't think we did the last time we spoke, Sam. So, was I right about that? It's July twenty. When when do the 20, like quarterbacks get yeah, there? Yeah, twenty third is when like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will talk to us for the first time, and I think the rookies probably. And then July twenty eighth is the first time it's open technically to the public, but it's season ticket members only. And so then July 29th it, it's open, and uh, it's in St. Joe. Back in St. Joe. And uh, I, I know this is something that the audience cares much less about, but we get to go watch it, which is significantly different um, because you gain more information about what things might look like at training camp than you do any other time in the season. You get to see how, how they view guys. Where, and when I say that, I mean, you know, depth chart wise, you know, we've, we've got an offensive line. We're wondering about what five guys that they're going to mesh together. We're going to see that in training camp. There was a little bit of that at the end of rookie minicamp, yeah, but, you, but you couldn't report on it. There was yeah, a difference, right? Yeah, there was you, a, they, you can't they report let... on it, and also um, there's there's some question marks with uh, Kyle Long's injury, and then also with LDT just now coming back. Um, you know, he's obviously not at minicamp going to get just jump right back in with the Patrick Mahomes group. But is he at training camp? I think that's a possibility. Rookies, too. I mean, they've, they've got two rookies who are going to factor into this yes. offensive line, too. And, and speaking of those rookies, I mean, um, you know, we were talking to Herbie Teope last week. and Who? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Herbie Teope? <laughs> no, Herbie, hope you're having a good time on vacation. Um, Sam McDowell was following you in, on, 
into vacation next week. So, uh, but um, some pretty complimentary words about Trey Smith. Now, look again, can't report on what you saw at practice, but that suggests that Trey Smith was getting some reps, some significant yeah. reps. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, they're high on Trey Smith. I mean, they'll tell you that publicly that they think. This guy only dropped because what other teams perceived as some potential health issues um, that uh, the Chiefs ruled out. Their medical team checked out and feels like this guy's healthy. And if he is, then he can be a player. I think he would have been about a second or third round pick otherwise. And it, it's not unusual for a second or third round offensive lineman to get thrown into the fire pretty early. Well, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Creed Humphreys, your starting center, went no. on for game no. one. You know? No, no, I, I think – I. You know, based on when when you take a guy that high at that position, um, I think that's a safe a safe assumption, especially considering the other p- potential possibilities that they have at that spot. Well, even after signing Austin uh, Blythe, yeah, um, you know, Austin Ryder not back, but they signed Austin Blythe, and we you remember thinking that's no, about the same guy, sort of the same yeah. sort of guy, grade grade wise and everything, Pro Football Focus, but. Uh, I heard nothing but good things about Creed Humphrey throughout the offseason. Yeah, but getting back to the fact that, you know, it, it, it seems, I'm sure, confusing to some people that they would sign a guy and then potentially replace that guy in the draft, even though he hasn't played it down yet. Um, but it wasn't, the Chiefs weren't just out to get better on the offensive line with their starting five because the starting five wasn't the issue in the Super Bowl. It was The, the <laughs> fact was that wasn't their starting five that yeah. was out there. And so they, they made a point to get better behind their starting five as well. And some of that is the guys – some of these guys who were starting last year are not going to be starting this year. When you talk about Andrew Wiley and Nick Allegretti and those were guys who were on – started that Super Bowl. Mike Rimmers. Yeah. I, perhaps. I, I, could I could still see him see, starting. I could still see him starting. Game one. At right tackle. Not left tackle, right. of course. We played in the Super Bowl, but you know, I just I think that's been a little bit under talked about is the fact that their depth is so much better, not just their starting five. Lucas Niang is the guy that I'm really really curious yeah, about. Um, see yeah. what he's about. Huge guy. Yeah, yeah, huge guy. Well, yeah, you know him and Joshua Kando and a group of 90 NFL guys still stand out for their size. Um, Kando is just gigantic out there. The defensive end that they took out of. Um, Florida State, State. yeah. Um, Okay, we're going to talk about Josh Kando and that defensive end position when we come back. We're back with Chiefs beat writer Sam McDowell and columnist Vahe Gregorian. We're talking about some players and positions for the Chiefs, and the defensive end position has been in the news lately uh, for for several reasons, uh, one of which was the legal trouble of Frank Clark. And um, we don't know how that's going to be resolved, what the resolution is going to be of the Frank Clark situation. But what we do know is it throws a little bit of a little bit of doubt into the position. And it certainly shines a light on the position that um, they may need some help there Um, with Frank Clark. It was still I don't want to say a position of need, but it's not the strongest position for the Chiefs defensively. Do you agree? It was the one position that they did not address this offseason that surprised me. You know, there were a, a, a lot of people thought they would go get a wide receiver, and I did too, but it didn't necessarily shock me that they didn't. They still have a good group there. Um, defensive end, it's, it just surprised me that they did not add a body before they took Josh Cage in the draft. But he's a late-round draft pick, you know, and he did not have a sack last year. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be an immediate help. He, he's more of a project, a guy they think they can get there. 
Um, so, you know, depending on the, the situation with Frank Clark, you know, yeah, I think even if he plays 17 games next year, it's a spot that they could, they could use a body. So we're looking at in terms of depth at that position, uh, Mike Dana perhaps yeah. starting on, on on one side, Tim Ward behind him, um, Frank Clark, Taco Charlton, Damone Harris, and Kando as your depth. Yeah. Well, Chris Jones is going to play defense, and we think Chris Jones is going to move outside. Yeah. That's yeah. that's pretty significant. Yeah, and I, I did talk to him at at the the charity basketball game actually about playing defensive end, and Spagnola has. St- Defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola has talked about the fact that that's a possibility. Um, I think he's he is still wrestling with what do I lose on the inside by moving this guy on the outside? Am I going to get as much production? That's a real question because mm-hmm. he's better on the inside. Uh, but do you like the combination of, of the two with with Jaron Reed and Chris Jones better than you would like Chris Jones and let's say Taco Charlton out there? I still think you could see Chris Jones moved inside on passing downs. Um, you know, third and longs just to get an extra quickness out on the edge, maybe if it's with Taco Charlton. But all indications, I mean, especially the way Chris Jones is talking, he says he's excited to play defensive end. He said finally, because he's wanted to play this for so long, is he's preparing to play defensive end this year for the Chiefs. You remember, Vahe, when um, it was – I think it was the 2018 season, Chris Jones, when they were still playing the – uh, the old defense that he set the NFL record for sacks in consecutive games, like 11 or something. He he loves getting to the quarterback, and you can do that better from the outside. And he, he's he's terrific inside, right? Yeah. And he's a difference maker. But I also think his personality is such that uh, you know he wants sacks, he wants <laughs> some stats, he likes to celebrate. Yeah, you know, he likes to yeah. be animated. You could do that better starting on the outside than the inside. Yeah, I, I think I suppose whatever they're going to do might might be a work in progress, right? I think we'll see different scenarios, different situations where you you know you can feed him a little, so to speak, on on some of that. But also, as Sam noted, it's who you put him in combination with in some of those situations. That you know, is it a net gain to do it that way? But he really is. I mean, if you think about it, I'm not saying anything particularly. Uh, uh, beyond obvious here, but is he not really their their third or fourth? Certainly, one of their five most important players. No, that's a good point. Especially, especially if they're able to move him around and make him a more versatile option. Um, but this is a week one plan. I think that's important to know. Yeah. If Jaron Reed goes down in week one, hypothetically. I don't know how you don't move Chris Jones back there. Um, maybe you go – they're still – you know, they brought in Melvin Ingram in the offseason, and three months later Melvin Ingram is, is still available. You know, I, I think they would have potential other options to them if something happens. Um, but I, I, I still go back to it. All the talk has led me to believe that Chris Jones is going to be playing defensive end more often than not this year. Yeah. But I agree with your thought, Vahe. I, I think Chris Jones is – they consider their um, – one of their core, you know, guys for a championship window uh, of opportunity here, along yeah. with Tyron Matthew, and we all think that contract's going to happen for yeah. him before training camp starts because that's just been the Chiefs' mo, right? Yeah. At least last year they took care of Mahomes and Jones before training camp. But between Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Mahomes, Ty Hill, and Travis Kelsey, am I missing somebody here? 
for the, just the core. Well, Frank Clark's paid like like that group. He um, is, and he's ma- and he's made both pro-, pro Bowls in yeah, both of his seasons with yeah. the Chiefs. Now you could argue you know, whether he deserved them or not. Is you know he's had fourteen sacks total in two years, yeah. but I guess he, he has to be included in, in that. Um, you know, the Chiefs have taken care of all but Tyron Matthew contractually, right? And they're gonna. We think they're gonna do that with with Matthew. So that's the group. That's the core group of Chiefs. Um, I, I don't think that in ten years uh, of that group, Patrick Mahomes would be the only one left. Um, but the the window of opportunity for the Chiefs right now includes that core group of players. Mm-hmm. And as long as that group is with the Chiefs, um, then you fill the rest of the starting lineup with guys that make sense financially, yeah. uh, that you've hopefully developed in the draft. You've made a couple of shrewd trades. And, um, and, and I, I think it's good enough for the Chiefs to feel like they are, um, you know, they're, they're, again, a Super Bowl contender. And from a, from a Las Vegas standpoint, not a Las Vegas Raiders, but a Las Vegas uh, bookmaking standpoint, they are the favorite. Yeah, they're projected they? to win more than any other team this year. So um, as long as you've got 15 back there, you're going to be a contender. And I know that um, a lot of people, and they, they, frankly they should, and the Chiefs front office should as well, view what's going on in Green Bay as a warning that just because you have the quarterback doesn't mean everything else falls into place. You still have to make shrewd investments elsewhere on your roster, and that's going to come into play more starting next year and then the year after when Mahomes' contract kicks into the upper 40s, that they are going to have to be better. When you want to keep that core in place, um, you're either going to have to make a decision not to keep one of those guys, which is something that we've all talked about, or um, you're going to have to be really good in the draft. I think about Mahomes now. Last year, after the previous year, after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, you're counting – Championships, you know, by maybe both hands, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's chasing Tom Brady. Well, he's still at one, and you, you, you've alluded to the Packers and what they're going through with Aaron Rodgers now. But I also think of you know, Drew Brees just announced his retirement and had a magnificent career with one Super Bowl victory. Yeah. Russell Wilson's had a tremendous career and is one of the game's top quarterbacks. Has won one Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, Even Peyton Manning only won one in Indianapolis. One in Indy, and we right. We thought he was potentially the greatest quarterback. I still think he is the best quarterback that I've ever seen throw the football. One Super Bowl in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. And one at the tail end of his yeah. career with, the, the, with defense, the Broncos. The defense, defense won the Von Miller won for, yeah. for the Broncos. That's how hard it is to win Super Bowls. Um, I Listen, I think Patrick Mahomes right now has his Hall of Fame credentials in order, right? But there's going to need to be – more Super Bowl, at least another Super Bowl championship for him to to um, get himself to the level that we think he's capable of being. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, and, and maybe in a weird way, it's it's unfair because it's based on the level we think he's capable of being, right? Instead of maybe on what would be a, a straight scale for some. But I mean, really, his first three years as a starter, the Chiefs are basically in the final four. I don't know if we really call it that in the NFL, but every year, and we have every reason to think that they'll be at least in that situation now. Um, and if you're not careful, if you're doing that routinely and not winning many Super Bowls, then you could become the guy that's not quite getting them over the top, right? You can be perceived that way, even though I think we, we know that's not that, that way. So, 
you know, be good for everybody for them to pick up another one here next year or two. I remember Blair when we were at uh, Big O Tires. <laughs> Big O Tires. <laughs> in 2019, where we, I think it was maybe before they were playing the Packers, when you asked all of us, you know, should Chiefs fans take one Super Bowl during Patrick Mom's career? This is because, this is before they had one, right? It was because the year they, they had were, not won in fifty years, and I I don't think we all answered that that question the same. Um, and it, of course, now that you win one, everyone's going to say, "No, well, no, you don't just take one." Um, but to me, just the way the guy was playing, I just I just thought one Super Bowl would be disappointing. And the the crux of that question was because, like I said, I think they were getting ready to play the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And as talented as he is, as many wins as he's given the Packers, I think it's disappointing that he's only given that franchise one Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you said, it shows just a small margin for error in this league. I mean, anything can happen in the NFL. There's nothing guaranteed just because this guy's potentially the best player that we've seen here doesn't mean he's going to win another one. And when one guy hogs all the Super Bowl trophies, you know, Tom Brady only has seven of them. Um, Well – I, you know, I, people in Kansas City, and I think probably a majority of people who are NFL fans think of Patrick Mahomes is no worse than the second bet, right? He's one or two, yeah. depending on how you look at Aaron Rodgers. And um, I think people believe Travis Kelsey's one or two tight yeah. end, yeah. Uh, Tyree Kill, top three wide receiver, top five, something like that. Uh, Tyron Matthew, top five safety, top three, maybe top two like that. Chris Jones, defensive lineman, top five type of guy. I think when you have five guys who are at different positions like that in important positions and that's your your core, you've got that many of them that the expectation should be at the, the, the highest. Um, you, you should expect to be the best team in the NFL and win a Super Bowl. So am I wrong? I think going into this year, then that's what's kind of funny about what Vahe just said about the fact that they played in the final four the yeah. last three years. If they don't make at least that, and I think if they don't make the Super Bowl, perhaps you could argue if they don't win the Super Bowl, that fans here are going to be disappointed um, with something that just three years ago they would have been ecstatic <laughs> about, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's uh, how we've changed. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, what Patrick Mahomes has done to us. It's, it's true. I, I love uh, I love the word shrewd, and I love your use of it earlier, but that's really to the point here, though. You got that core five. Let's just really stick with that. I think there's questions about Frank Clark in some ways, his performance through seasons, if nothing else, all the way through. But being shrewd about what you do around them, I mean, that's going to be everything, right? Sure. And and look, like, you know, in a, we're not too many years removed from some longevity questions, you know, as crazy as it sounds to say, but about Travis Kelsey. Um you know, another couple couple of years, we'll be we'll be saying yeah. how old is Tyree Kill now? He's closing in on thirty in a couple of years. So, it, th- this window is is front and center. It is, and I don't know if Kansas City sports fans have ever had the opportunity to feel this way, right? That you absolutely expect your Chiefs or your Royals to be the best team in the league. And those turned out in the last seven years. Each of them were at one for one year. You don't think of them as, you know, the best team and anything less than yeah. the championship would be acceptable. Nobody in this market has ever felt that way. And not 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 since 1970, 71, maybe. It's funny to think back to that time frame, right? Because they go in, you know, two of the first four Super Bowls, miss the playoffs, right, in 71, 
miss the seven, 70, 70 and then have, and the, then have the great this, team the, in 71. I don't want to say the, the kicker's name, the, the, <laughs> bat, the Christmas Day game. Um, but through that six seasons, or is that what it is? Six, yeah. Six, yep. seven seasons. I don't, I don't know what the chief fan felt like going into 67, 68, and 70. Like, did, did, did they feel like the Chiefs fan probably does today? Like, you know, this maybe, our but game, I think maybe the, the merger of the AFL and the NFL may have changed the way people felt because the AFL always had yeah. an inferiority complex. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, maybe that's the only other time in Chiefs history. I'm sure there were some times in the 70s that the Royals felt like they had the best team, but they were always chasing, right? They yeah. were chasing the Yankees, the Yankees in the other division and um, and finally broke through in 85. And even then, they didn't have the best record in baseball. So it's just a, you know, maybe it's a little s- small market inferiority complex that we have here. We're not used to having the superiority complex. Yeah, that's, and that's what the Chiefs have. This is another podcast probably for another time, but – are we getting close to if they get to another Final Four or another Super Bowl? I mean, are, are they becoming a, a hated team around the country? I don't think they're that yet, right? But I don't think so. Does that start to happen where you're just I, that I, good? I think it's possible. Um, um, I mean, I, I, that all stems from just people getting tired of the same old thing, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think Brady's personality has done him a lot of favors with <laughs> right. that. That Mahomes has such a contrasting personality to Tom Brady that I don't. He's a hard guy to hate. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're around him every day, and we appreciate the way he treats us, even though he's got the status he does. So he's really hard for us to hate. But I just I think publicly he's a hard guy to hate as well. And he's I always going right. to be the face of this franchise. And what I can't remember is how Brady was, you know, perceived nationally in the earlier days for him. But I will say, like, this is just a small sample set. But every time I travel or I'm among friends, typically in the Northeast, Philadelphia or New York, you wouldn't believe how many people just love watching Patrick Mahomes and, and think he's a great guy. I get that, guy. too. I, I get you know, that, too, yeah. exactly. Is he overexposed uh, commercial-wise, State Farm and uh, oh, other – Get it while you can. <laughs> I, uh, but, but to the point of resentment, it's funny you say that because we were watching some of the gymnastics trials the other day, I mean, and wall-to-wall Simone Biles, and I could tell just in the room I was watching with friends, it was like, okay, she's great. We love her. But she's calling herself the GOAT. This is getting a little old, <laughs> you know, and, and I did wonder if there's a little bit of Mahomes syndrome kind of close to that. But I don't feel like that's happened yet with Patrick. I don't I feel like what I think you laid this out when we were first seeing the big marketing blitz of him here. Like it in this region, nobody's going to get tired of that. But as you get the concentric circles outward, the farther and farther away you get, it's going to be like. But then he went ahead and won one, right? So that, that was part of the key too. Like better win one. Yeah, that, that's right. Be that way. I also think the um, um, the fact that he is you know bought into the Kansas City Royals, his girlfriend, uh, mother of his child, his uh, part owner of uh, KCNWSL, he really has ingratiated himself in the in the community. I think that's important. Waverly seals it by bringing the NBA team here. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do that so he can get the courtside seats. <laughs> he wants so. All right. Hey, great conversation, Sam. Bye. Appreciate it. Thanks, Blair. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Big thanks to Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell for stopping by and talking chiefs links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com hey got another deal for you you can subscribe to sports pass for 99 cents a month that's right 99 pennies a month sports pass is the online version of the star sports section you get all the stories that appear in the print editions 
of the star plus additional stories that appear only on the website and they appear first on kansascity.com. After three months at Auto Renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. Here's how you get it. You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, you send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.